Yo, what's good? What's good? What's good this morning, y'all? This is Coffee and Sports in the Morning back again on a Wednesday morning this time. This is your host, Coach Dante, in the building. And on side of me, I got my right-hand man to my uh, right side, my guy Mo Better, and my man down at the bottom, boy Will Morgan. How you guys doing this uh, this Wednesday morning, man? Good morning. How you doing? What's up, Will, Coach? What's good? What's good, man? So today is, the today is the day, man. NFL training camps, all 32 teams in training camp. Some start earlier, some start earlier. But this is officially the start of the football season, which we going to get into. We got a lot of contracts to get in right into. Uh, especially Mo Segment is going to tell us, let us know, give us a great resume of Larry Holmes, the boxer Larry Holmes, the heavyweight fighter, uh, you know, one Yep, the the one that pretty much you know retired Muhammad Ali pretty much finally got here and put him out of misery. But other than that, we'll get more into that story. So, uh, further ado, let's get right into the nitty gritty, guys. Uh, we got Saquon Barkley, we got Justin Herbert who signed a massive deal. Who signed a massive deal yesterday? We got Diggs. Uh, we have Titus Howard for my Houston Texans. Glad they got him locked up. And we got uh, we got uh, Andrew Thomas also. Signed a big five-year deal worth $17 million for the New York Giants. So, um, guys, tell me about this deal. Give me your initial reactions to these deals, uh, impact that each deal uh, might have on uh, each team this season. Mo, I'm going to start with you early. So, the Giants deal didn't shock me at all. You want to lock that up. You want to keep that kind of talent that kind of mainstay on your team. And it's weird, right? Because they secured him. He got his bag. And at the same time, Saquon has to come in and basically take a settled or lesser version of a deal. So I don't think, I don't think it's the kind of thing that goes away. I think they're going to try to focus on football, but if you're Saquon Barkley, you're a human being. I know they talk about being professional, but, you you've been wanting to get paid on some level, even though you know your position is devalued. And then they just they just took care of this guy with no problem at all. I'm sure he's not he's not against him getting his bag, but I think there's a frustration level that could boil over throughout the season or at least linger. So I, I can understand why that could be a problem in New York. When you go to San, when go, when you go to the Chargers, you're securing your franchise quarterback. You're securing your franchise quarterback. And at the same time, Justin Herbert, I think he comes into this season with a degree of pressure. Yep. He, he's he been talked about with Mahomes and Burroughs, but he hasn't had the success of Mahomes and Burrow. So I do think that the addition of this big contract, this being the year that he's in in his career, this is one of those, I think, crossroads. Not that his career is going to end or anything, but he's been hyped up a lot. And there's been yep. a lot of excuses made over why the team hasn't had success. And you can definitely point a finger at the coach. But talent-wise, especially on the offensive side of the ball, there, there's no reason that they should be as inconsistent as they have been. And to be fair, I think that does kind of start with the quarterback. So I, I think that is a deal that needed to get done. I understand why the Giants did what they did. It's a smart move. It's just puzzling because it came immediately – after you get Saquon to basically cave and take a lesser deal. Yep. Yep. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Will. 
the the deal that shot me, yes, I'm happy that Saquon did sign. He's a good dude. I don't think he wanted to sit out. Um, so so I'm I'm loving the fact that he did sign, even though he took less money. Um, I don't know if I'd have done it for eleven million, but I get it. He didn't want to sit out, want to be a good teammate. The move that's making me scratch in my head is my New Orleans Saints. Why sign Jimmy Graham back? He's on the wrong side of 30. He's 36 years old. He hasn't been good since he played his last year. Well, I take that back. He was good with the Packers, so I take that back. He was decent with the Packers. But he wasn't good with the Bears. Then again, that Bears offense is in shambles. But the, the tight end room in New Orleans is too, is too clustered. You've got Foster Moreau. You got Juwan Johnson, the physical freak, coming over from being a formal receiver, transitioning over to tight end. That's the one that scratches my head. And I'm like, I don't know if he's going to make the team. But like I said, he's on the wrong side of 36. And You know, you know what, Will? Maybe they got him there to be like the Udonis Haslam of that locker room to deal with those younger, talented tight ends and receivers. Maybe they want him to be a locker room presence. Maybe. I don't know if I would give up money. For that at that spot, um, both Foster and Juwan, you know, it's not like they're coming in as freshly made rookies. They're young, but they're not rookies. Um, but I, I get that point. But I don't know if I just don't know. I, he might not even make the team because, like I said, 36 years old. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's good, my boy Brandon from the block? How you doing today? He said Saquon Barkley definitely about to leave. I wish hey, he would have left. Hey, um, so uh, I, I, it's a question that I, I want to ask uh, Mo. So, if you're Saquon Barkley and you know you're the focal point of this offense, you go, you're a fourteen hundred yard rusher. Just imagine if you're Saquon Barkley and you're in his shoes. I just my quarterback just got paid more than more than I did. And he he had five interceptions. Granted, he did very good with not turning the ball over, but that's due to Saquon Barkley being able to run the football so effectively that kept the ball, kept them from doing a little more, kept them from doing a little more. Um, and you see, now you see Andrew Thomas get a five-year deal, $117 million. How would you, you tell me, Mo, if you're Saquon Barkley, how would you feel about those two getting big contracts and getting paid, but you got to settle for a one-year deal so I, I think it's frustrating. It has yep. to be. It has to be frustrating. But Andrew, Andrew Thomas getting his money, I don't think Saquon, like I said, I don't think he's against his teammate. I think he, he understands the business of football. Yep. But like I said before, you're a human being. Yep. And, at, and at your position, I'm just talking about at his position, Saquon's, to me, now I, I saw a show earlier. I saw the guys yesterday. Uh, I think it was the big three. I think the crew was talking about the running backs, the Saquon situation. And, they, and, and, and somebody at some point said Saquon wasn't a top 10 back. <laughs> well, he, he, he's definitely a top 10 back. He's probably a top five back. I forgot the person, but they listed up. They basically listed every running back you can think of ahead of Saquon Barkley. You um, got to justify that. And so, look, while I like Aaron Jones and the Packers, good running back, he's a, he's more like a scat back, can do a lot of things. I don't think he's a better football player than Saquon Barkley. I don't think he is either. You're, you're a Saints fan. As much no. as I respect no. Alvin Kamara, I think he's better in the passing game than Saquon Barkley, but I don't think he's a better running back. No, between the tackles, no. 
Hell no. They, no. They, rated, they rated him ahead. Hell of, look, no. Kamara's nice, but think about it this way. You you don't, it's perception versus reality. Most people don't even realize Alvin Kamara's never even rushed for a thousand yards. Nope. Not once. Nope. He, he, he's again a very good player, but I don't think he's better than Saquon Barkley. Saquon has every right coach to be frustrated, but mm-hmm. I think once you cave and you took that lesser deal, the best thing you can do, focus and, and show the Giants. I, I would say show the Giants what you're worth. But you know what's going to happen. If Saquon turns around, mm-hmm. coach, and has a 1,700-yard rushing season, mm-hmm. adds another 500 in the past, they're just going to turn around and franchise him again. Yep. And, uh, again, and, I say, as far as they're running back, running the football, Saquon Barkley is definitely top five. I know a lot of people saying Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, to me, he's more like an Alvin Kamara, more catch out the backfield as a right. receiver. Yeah. More yeah. that, not between the tackles when you're talking about yeah. between the tackles, like you're running the football. Saquon Barkley, now he can, he can, you run as a receiver. He can do both of them, but as far as running between the tackles, he's definitely a better back can than uh, Andrew Jones. Can I say this? Go ahead. I, Go ahead. I think they fixed the issue. If you, if you get rid of both tags, and you have it to where running backs can get into their money earlier in their career. Um, oh yeah, I like up that. front than later. I I think that fixes a lot of issues um, because I get it. A lot of your running back look longevity is what two three years at, at your peak. I get it, but at the same point, you got some good running backs out there that deserve to be paid. And Dalvin, to my knowledge, Dalvin Cook hadn't been have not even signed yet, so which is a damn shame. So, you know, they really need to do something. Um, and I realize you might say the game is changing, but like the fullback position, the fullback position is pretty much gone. But, hey, listen, you got to, at some point, the game is going to turn right back around to these running backs. So um, I really think they need to eliminate both tags, get into where they can get their money early and go from there. Uh, so we got uh... – so we got uh Des. So we got uh Des in the building. Des, how Des? What's up, Des? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm good, man. I'm feeling better, man. How you guys feeling? I'm doing good, great, man. So talk about it. So talk about it with us, man. How you doing? Uh so we uh you got Saquon Barkley uh took a lesser deal. Um uh 11 mil. You got Andrew Thomas who just got paid. You got Andrew Thomas who just got paid this morning before training camp. Uh you got Justin Herbert just got paid. Uh, Diggs just got paid for Dallas. He just got mm-hmm. his money. He just got his mm-hmm. money. Let's talk about it, man. And Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, who look, look, <laughs> yeah. talk about it, Diggs. Go ahead and yeah, talk about right. it. <laughs> Most faces priceless. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, we got, we got to talk about Saquon. You guys talk about Saquon. Uh, you got to think Saquon is the New York Giants. I mean, this guy, he provided so much spark. For their offense. I mean, you look at his numbers. I mean, last year he had 10 touchdowns, 1,312 yards uh, off 295 attempts. And then uh, this this offseason, too, this season, when they did the wild card, they beat the Vikings. This dude had 104 yards off 14 touches and two touchdowns. This guy's just an absolute beast. Um, I, if I was him, I would not take that deal, though. Um, there was rumors that the Miami Dolphins were trying to swoop in and try to get him, um, which – I mean, that would have been a great situation, but like Mo said, I mean, he just got franchise tagged. He's going to get tagged again, you know, um, and he needs to be, they need to be valued the running back position because it's actually valuable in the NFL. Uh, for Justin Herbert, that's a good deal. The guy is young. In three seasons, 
he's he's thrown for more yards in three seasons. This guy is just a, a complete specimen, um, which is great. And then Diggs, this guy has the most interceptions since 2020 with 17 back to back Pro Bowl seasons. Um, and his QBR rate when the quarterbacks are throwing to him um, is 80 is like 84, but 64.1 completion percent rate. So he's doing pretty good there. And it helps the Cowboys because they need a great corner. Um, and for the Giants with the offensive lineman this morning, they got signed before training camp. That just helps Daniel Jones and protects his blind side. So I think they're all great moves. And Jimmy Graham, last but not least, he's just a red zone threat. They have at least four tight ends already on the depth chart. Um, so I think he's just a red zone threat, but he's 36 years old. So I think he's just going to be a red zone threat. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So uh, we definitely, we definitely, uh, training camp, like I say, starts uh, uh, today. A lot of teams starts, uh, start early at 9 o'clock. Uh, we already had some some training camps pretty much oh, pretty much opened up beforehand, but other than that, uh, so we go to the switch to college. We switch to college. Uh, progress. Uh, uh, so we got uh, nil uh, bills uh, to regard nil in college uh, football. Is that the right solution for college football? Repeat yeah. that again. You say what? Can you repeat that question again? Uh, it's a it's a nil nil uh, bill nil mm-hmm. bill uh, relating to uh, nil college football. Is it a solution like nil deals? Is it a solution of college football? Now, let, let me go first. Go ahead, go ahead, Bo. Um, not the bill that they try they're trying to introduce right now. It's not a solution. Yeah. What what that bill is basically doing? It wants to publicize who's investing in these individual players and they want to prohibit certain entities from investing in them like casinos or get or gambling sites or things like of that nature and they want to make it public they want to let you know who is investing in them they want to make that knowledge public and i, I don't think that needs to be public i, I really don't i really don't think that needs to be public and, and the way they're trying to craft the bill they're trying to craft the bill at least the one that they've introduced to where the government Again, they're trying to have gover- another form of government oversight, and I, I just don't think there there is a way to, I guess, uh, oversee NIL to a degree. But what they're proposing, I, I just think that's more government oversight that's not necessary. I really don't think it's necessary. My, my guess is a coach like Nick Saban, uh, he probably loves the idea. He probably loves the idea because of course he would because Alabama's not king right now when it comes to recruiting because NIL has opened up the doors for a, a lot more institutions to compete with them for recruiting. So I'm sure Nick Saban and some of the older coaches are all for this bill. My guess is my guess is this bill doesn't even get voted on. Gotcha. Uh, Dez. Yeah, I agree with Mo on this. I mean, it, it it's it, it's just another form of government. I mean, honestly, there's I mean, I, I don't like the bill because for one, I mean, there's not there's not even a database for it. I mean, at all. There's no database for it. how you're going to track it. And it actually affects, like, like Mo said, uh, players that have endorsement deals and recruitment. I mean, we've seen it already and how the NIL deals uh, sway players. Um, to go to different programs and then other programs get frustrated by losing players. So 
Um, I don't think it's a good deal. I think it's just another form of government trying to control all these NIL deals. Um, you know, EA Sports is in a lawsuit right now because the likeness and the and the incentives like that. So I think they just really need to get a hold on this um, or be a lot more player, uh, player friendly. I mean, right now it's just I, even if I was a player, I would not take this deal at all. I would not like this deal. No way. To, you know what? No way the players like this because and they try to introduce the bill as a bill that's to protect the players. It's not to protect the players at all. It's not. What, what it is, is is trying to expose them uh, or at least shine a negative light on people that are trying to invest in them in terms of the NIL. So it's not protecting players at all. This is this is just another oversight or, or, or government reach that's not necessary. Again, I would be shocked if it actually gets voted on. I agree with Mo. Um, I agree with the sentiment that it's just big government trying to trying to take control over something that they really have no business trying to take control of. Um, these kids are on the, the is total form of control over these young men and women um, who I'm quite sure if they're not already um, approaching, they will start approaching soon if they already haven't started with the ladies. But <clears throat> I think it's a bad deal. I do want to say this, though. If you're running, and I pose a question to everybody, if you're running back in college right now and an NIL deal pays you more than what you can get in the NFL coming out, don't you stay in school versus going to the league? You know what, Will? I I'm with you. If you're a star running back of Ooh. a big school, a national school, and you've got an NIL deal that pays you $12, $15 million, that might motivate me to stay in college a couple more years. Yeah. That that might be the new thing. The way running backs get paid from now on, they get paid in college. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, we moving on to the next one. Next topic right here. So we got uh, – Je oh, my God. She, I forgot. We just talked about the man. Uh, we just talked about the man. And you know what, Will? He got he got you got on the hat. You got on the hat, the Saints hat. Mm -hmm. it, it is about Jimmy Graham. It is about Jimmy Graham. So uh Jimmy Graham is back with the New Orleans Saints. Uh will uh uh be 36 years old, making an impact this season. How big of an impact uh the Jimmy Graham will make for the uh New Orleans Saints? Well, I'm gonna wait for you. I'm gonna let you go last on here on this one. I know you're gonna have something to say up on this part. Uh, so I'm gonna start with you, uh, Dez. This guy is 36 years old. Nothing That's about the age is nothing about the age, but this guy is literally at the, in his career. I think it's one of those uh, fairy tale endings where you know what where you started from, you go to that team. Um, this guy, Jimmy Graham, he is a touchdown specimen in the red zone, though. I mean, in all the teams he's played for, the Saints, the the, the Bears. Uh, the Seahawks. He's always got touchdowns. He's been hurt a little bit in the past couple seasons. Um, but this guy is a touchdown machine. I think he's just a security blanket for Derek Carr. Um, because when Derek Carr was with the Raiders, um, he had uh, tight ends as a security blanket. So um, I think it's more of a security blanket type thing, kind of coming full circle with the Saints. Um, but the Saints have a bunch of people in their tight end room. So even if he if, mm -hmm. if he tries to even crack, you know, the, the main roster, um, that's the number one goal for him to try to make the main roster because they have four tight ends already that can can really do it. So I think it's just coming full circle, but he's 36 years old. I think he's just going to crap, uh, get touchdowns, be the security blanket. Mo? 
I'm kind of with Will on this. I don't. I'm not sure that Jimmy Graham even makes the team. If he does, salute to him. But football, especially at the skilled positions, he's not what he he wasn't what he was when he was on the Bears, the last team he was on, um, before he was in semi-retirement, to come back to the Saints team and expect to be a major piece to it. Even as a backup, I just don't see it happening. Like he could prove me wrong, and but the idea that he's going to come in at thirty six and take a roster spot from one of the younger tight ends—if that should happen—that says more about them than it does about him. All right, go ahead, Will. <laughs> um, I got, no. I, I, you got Foster Moreau. Love that signing. Juwan Johnson. Show what he can do last year. You got Crow, who was an undrafted rookie, and now you bring in Jeremy Shockey. Um, I just—it's it, it, too late. It's too late. I mean, granted, you can say he's the the biggest what if player ever if he would have stayed with the Saints instead of going through that contract dispute, trying to get paid as the, the a receiver instead of a tight end. Um, they, I believe they they let you go not because you're a bad guy, because they they just don't want those distractions. So I just I wrong side of thirty six, um, and I I hadn't even mentioned Taysom Hill, hadn't even mentioned Taysom Hill yet. So you Taysom Hill's gonna do his thing in certain packages too. So I just think it's a long shot for him to make it. Is it a good feel good story? Yeah, particularly if if you would have brought him in under a different circumstance, a ten day contract to finish up his career, um, that would have been nice to see. But I just don't think he makes the team. Because, like, wrong side of 36, and you haven't been good since your last season in um in Green Bay. Let's not forget what he did in Green Bay. He's um, terrible. But, but, but he just – nah, man. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just don't see him making that making the team with all that talent. Um, Saints offensively are loaded. Um, they got some middle linebacker issues. Um, I like to see more depth there. I like to see a little bit more depth um, at safety for him. But tight end is not a position to need. It was something that did not need to be addressed. And I'm saying, and I'm saying to myself, we need middle linebackers. What y'all doing? Gotcha. What y'all doing? So uh, we had to the uh, last topic. This is pop. This is Dead's last one. And we got the over and under, over and under uh, topics from the NFC South. It just seemed like keep coming back to your will, but I think you're gonna be, I think you're gonna be all right. I think you're gonna be all right. Uh, so uh, we got the uh, over and unders for the uh, NFC NFC South division. So we got the uh, Tampa Bay. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in. Uh, at six and a half wins, six and a half wins. Uh, mm-hmm. No, over or under six and a half wins for Tampa Bay. I'm gonna go under. I okay. I just, I you know what? They're gonna have a difficult time putting up points. And I'm I'm not nearly the fan of Baker Mayfield that a lot of people are. I I just think he's a backup that gets to start a lot, but he's not a very good backup. If your quarterback is is consistently inconsistent, which is what he is, your offense is going to be consistently inconsistent. So I'm going to take the under. I, I think the defense will be solid, but I don't think it'll be enough to carry the offense. So I'm going to go under. 
Cleo, okay. Des, what you got? I'll go over. You know me. I'm gonna I'm gonna thread the needle. So I'm gonna go over. I say at least seven wins. I'll agree with Mo, uh, Gene on the comments section. I think seven to ten. I think maybe, but I say seven win. Um, Baker Mayfield. He's iffy. We already seen it during the little mini camps where the, he overthrew a bunch of receivers, uh, throwing duck balls. I call them. Um, but I think the defense, like Mo said, can at least help string along. Um, they're gonna be playing like the Broncos of last season. I think the defense will shine, but the offense will majorly struggle. Um, I think their bright spot is probably Mike Evans on the offensive end. That's pretty much it, and probably their running back situation. But I say seven. That's that's my that's my thing. You know what, Dez? That's actually a good that's actually a good comparison. I actually think their offense is going to resemble the Broncos' offense from last year, <laughs> and, and, and I think Baker, Baker Mayfield will look just like Russell Wilson Man. last year. Which, which for Baker Mayfield is probably a good year. Damn. Go ahead, uh, Will. Damn. Um, I think um, they're going to go under. Uh, I, I think that offense is just going to be hard. Good defense still. There's going, there's going to be a good sound defense, but the offense is just not going to be able to produce enough points for them to get enough wins. Um, so I'm going to go under. All right. All right. So I'm going to say – I'm going to give it right there by six. I'm going to say right – at least right there as as six. Uh, I think uh, – I, I got to see the quarterback situation not really looking good for them. I think they're going to be competitive for his defensive side of the ball. Uh, they got a good promising back in Rashad White uh, out of out of out of uh, Arizona State. If y'all haven't mm-hmm. watched Rashad White, y'all need to watch him. He's a solid running back. He's a very good running back, but uh, I like him as well. So I'm gonna say Bot right there at six at six wins, uh, potentially seven. But right there, that's why I, that's why I got it. At. That's why I actually got it. At. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna say right there at six, about six right there. So now you got the New Orleans Saints nine and a half. Nine and a half wins. Mo, I'm gonna start with you because since Will a Saints fan, I'm gonna let Will go last on this one. Nine and a half wins. What's that, Joy? Thanks. Coach, that's where I'm I'm gonna stand right there. I think they win nine games. Okay. I think I think that division is gonna be competitive, more competitive than people think. I do think it's the Saints division to win. We I think we've been consistent about that leading up to training camp. This is this is Derek Carr's time more than ever, right? Like, it's a quarterback-driven league. We know the potential of Bryce Young. We know what he can be. We know what Ritter wasn't, but but still has potential. But right now, he's supposed to be the best quarterback in that division by far with a top-five defense. And yet, for some reason, in my gut, I don't don't think they're going to win double digits. I think they're going to win – I think nine games is is about right. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Go ahead, Dez. I say nine wins. I agree with Mo. I really do. I would have thread the needle. I would have pushed back and put eight, but I say nine. This is Derek Carr's team now. I mean, you want to go to New Orleans. You want to try the gumbo. You got you got the offense that you wanted. Um, I think it's his it's his team. Um, I just feel like uh, uh, Will was saying they need they need they need position needs. They didn't need more tight ends. They need middle linebackers, some more defensive guys. Um, but I feel they're going to get nine wins. This is their division to lose. I mean, you have a lot of young guys in your division, Bryce Young, um, Desmond Ritter, um, there's, and others as well. So um, this is their division to lose. And the NFC, no, no hate on the NFC, but it's weaker than the AFC. Everybody's going to the AFC. Um, 
and they're indoors, so they don't have to really worry about snow and difficult weather um, as well. So, and they have a great fan base. So, I say nine wins for the Saints. From a quarterback standpoint, is weaker by far. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's a weak, weaker by quarterback for sure. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna just say ten. I'm gonna, I got them actually ten and seven. I think their defense is really legit. I think that defense is legit. That defense will keep them in a lot of games. Uh, no excuses for Derek Carr. You up out of the uh, AFC West. You come to a weaker division. You got to get the job done. Chris Olave is a thousand yard wide receiver. I know they're missing Alvin Kamara, but again, you got Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is a hell of a pickup in the red zone and short yardage downs. That's a hell of a pickup right there. That's I, think they got, yeah, I think they just got just enough to uh, win the division and win 10 games. If they don't, it's a very disappointing, very disappointing, but I, I'm just banking on their defense. Dennis Allen, not so much of a good coach, but I think just because the Saints are a very good defensive team, they got enough pieces on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Well, like uh, Will mentioned, Foster Monroe is a sleeper from the Las Vegas Raiders last year. He's a sleeper over that, going over that to the Saints. I think uh, he, they got just enough. They got just enough uh, to go at least 10 to 7 and be the best team in that division. So, uh, Will, go ahead. Will, over or under nine and a half for the Saints? Over. I think we get right there. Jonathan, I see you in the chat, Jonathan. I see you, brother. I see you. Um, I think I think we go eleven and six. I really think we do. That division is ours. I don't think I'm not worried about Desmond Ritter. I'm not worried about Baker Mayfield. Eleven and six is where I have us. Look, the offense should be on all cylinders just on talent alone. Um, the offensive line has been retooled. Um, you missing Chris Olave. Um, that wide receiver room is just jam packed with talent. Um, the running back position is good. Yeah, Alvin Kamara we might miss him for sixty games. But um, as his waiting on his decision to get handed down, but uh, Jamal Williams is going to be there. Um, it's just going to be. I think that we should get eleven wins. If we don't get eleven wins out of that division, out of that conference, it'd be a big, huge disappointment to um, on my end because we got the talent to get eleven, and I don't think we're better than the Eagles. I don't think we're better than the 49ers, which is a class of that division, but we can be right there. We can be right behind them, and um, you never know how things may work out. Let, yeah. let me ask you this, Will, real quick. What mm-hmm. kind of season are you expecting from Michael Thomas? It's hard to have faith in Michael Thomas. Um, he started out well last year before he got shelved. Um, I look at him as somebody who could be a good a good number three, maybe a good number two receiver um, this year if he comes in with the right attitude and comes up somewhat healthy. Um, sub thousand yards, but I think he's up there in touchdowns. You know, I think he'll get you about seven, eight hundred yards receiving, be up there in touchdowns with about um, eight, nine touchdowns for the year. Um, I think he'll be, I think he'll really do well on the intermediate routes like he's been doing over his career. He's just got to come in healthy. He's got to come in focus and want to play. Because with me, when somebody comes out and say, I'm hurt all the time, and he's had time to get over that injury, particularly when he um, went through, um, he just took some time off, uh, wanted to see if he could heal on his own. It didn't. So he had to go and have a, he had additional surgery done. Then he comes back. Maybe he came back a little too soon. Gets hurt, gets hurt again. Um it, it, it's kind of hard to say if that player wants to play for you or not, but I think he'll come back focused. I think he'll come back healthy. And again, about seven, 800 yards, eight, nine touchdowns. And that's what you get out of him. 
Yep. So uh next next team we have, next team we have uh here is we have the Atlanta Falcons. They got them mm -hmm. at eight and a half. They're really high on the Atlanta Falcons on this division. So uh Will, I'm gonna start with you this time. Uh eight and a half wins for the Atlanta Falcons. Under. Um I like the running game, don't get me wrong. I just don't know what you're gonna see out of Drake London because he's Started out pretty well um, in his first season with the team. Um, don't you need sort of kind of cool down as the season progressed? So we'll see what he does. That tight end, they need to get him back involved. Um, they really need to get him back involved. Um, they've spent that high round pick on him. Get him back involved. Um, and a lot of it depends on the development of Ritter and how much you believe in that. And I, I, I don't know. That running game is going to be hellacious, though. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. that. That running game is going to be hellacious. Um, you're going to have to really stack the box to stop that running game. But, um, nah, it's going to be under. This? Uh, I'm going with I'm going with Faith right now. I'm going to go over. I, I think I'm going to go over. Um, Desmond Ritter. What? Yeah, I'm going to go over. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know who he He got the first name as me. So, you know what? I got to give him some props on that one. Um, but, uh, honestly, because the fact I've seen a couple games, I've been watching some film. Like I watched film on most of these teams, um, from last season, even college, I'm starting to watch film now because, uh, college football is coming up soon, but I mean, he has a little bit of poison swagger. Of course, there's going to be bumps on the road for sure. He's not going to be perfect, but like, Will, like you said, that running game, they got to stack the box. Drake London, he has to be a little bit more focused. He has to be yep. a little bit more consistently. If he does that. And Kyle Pitts, put the damn tight end involved. Excuse my French, but put him involved. Thank you. You, got, you know what I'm saying? There's a high-value pick. You went and got him. Use him. Because I can tell you right now, 31 other teams would have used him well. You know sure what I'm He's a generational talent. Uh, another Antonio Gates. Use him. So I think Desmond Ritter's uh, – they're, they're going to understand that. Their coach, I know he's kind of fairly new too, but I think season one under his belt, season two now – I, I think they're going to be right there with the Saints, man. I mean, they'll be a little bit more competitive. Let me ask you a question since we're going down this route. You think, <laughs> do you think that defense can stop anybody? They did load up. Not the defensive line. Not the defensive line. They can't get to the quarterback. The defensive yeah. line, the defensive line, exactly. The defensive line cannot. But the, well, they loaded up so much during this offseason, corners and everything else like mm -hmm. that, that makes them competitive. But you need to have a defensive line, a, a pass rush to help your corners. So um, there's going to be some bumps in the road. I think everybody's really high because the fact that Desmond Ritter played those last couple of games. But like I said before, and I'm going to use an old Bronco reference, we've had quarterbacks play well last couple of games a season ago, and then the next season they were just straight up trash. Yep. Um, so, I mean, and they're young. So I think they, they go over this year, I think. Um, but health is going to be number one, consistency by Desmond Ritter. But that running game is going to be crazy. And put Kyle yeah, Pitts in the damn line. We're going to correct you all type of run plays. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I like the secondary. That secondary with Jeff Okuda and uh, and uh, AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell, I actually think he's underrated. But if that defensive line can't get home, that won't even matter. That won't even, that won't even nope. matter. That secondary can't hold. can't hold. If that if they did get, but they did get a big uh, signing on the defensive line, uh, which is uh, you know Will's uh, Will's boy, Will's boy. What's that? I can't. Yeah. I can't Oh, David Anyamata. David, David uh, Ayamata. Ayamata. That, is, that, is a, that is a big loss for the Saints. He's a thing with Ayamata, though. He's a thing with Ayamata, though. Yeah. Your, your, best your best ability is your availability. Yep. I, mean, but I, think, I, I, I think the Saints are good. I think they're still mm -hmm. good. I still like their defensive line. 
other than that. But if you can't get to the quarterback, that secondary won't it won't even matter. Yep. So for Drake London with the quarterback that he had with Desmond Ritter and uh, you know, uh with uh what what I keep drawing a blank on uh Mariota to have 860 yards, that's hell of a good, that's hella good with the quarterback play right now. Yeah, that's hella good. But I'm gonna quit on the team. I'm gonna go set I'm gonna go seven and ten. I'm gonna go seven and ten. I can't see him winning. I can't see them uh, uh being having a winning record, but they will be more competitive because of the running game. They will be able, yeah, yeah. will be able to run the football. But yep. go ahead, Mo. So I'll be the the odd one on this. I'm gonna go oh. under because yep. I don't think the running game yep. is gonna be as good because nobody's gonna respect the passing game. I, I expect most teams to walk walk their safeties up. They're, I think they're gonna play eight men, maybe nine men in the box. They're gonna say Desmond Ritter. Can you beat us with your arm? And more times than not, he's going to show them he can't. I, I just don't, you know, B. John Robinson can be a special player, but I think his fate, along with, a, with, with the other receivers in pits, their fate all hinges on you're hoping Desmond Ritter takes a big leap in his development. If that happens, everything you guys said is right. But that's a big leap of faith. I, I, I don't it think. Is. He's going to be that good a quarterback, and if Bijan Robinson has a thousand yard season, he's probably going to average under three yards a carry because I just don't see a lot of openings set up for him because nobody's going to respect the passing game. They're going to load up in the box and they're going to dare Ritter to beat them, I, I, and I just don't think he's going to be able to consistently do that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, we got the last team of this uh, the of this division. Uh, so we got the Carolina Panthers oh, at Lord. seven and a half. Carolina Panthers, Mo. I'm gonna start with you. Go ahead, Mo. Over or under seven and a half for Carolina. I'm going over. I'm going yeah. over. I like Bryce Young. I know he's a rookie. He's gonna make rookie mistakes, but at the same time, I'm willing to bet that Bryce Young is already better than Desmond Ritter <laughs> right now today. Right now today, oh, he's already God, better than Desmond buddy. Ritter. <laughs> And I like the weapons around him. The defense is solid. So I like them over. Look, if 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 things fall the right way and they win a couple of games they shouldn't, they have a chance to challenge the Saints for the division. I still think it's the Saints division, but I think I think Bryce Young overall is gonna have a very good, very productive rookie season. Go ahead, uh Des. I'll agree with Mo on this one. I'll agree with Mo because I was gonna say uh under, but I'll go, I'll go with Mo on this one. The reason why uh Bryce Young, but their coach. I like their coach, actually. Yeah. Um, he's smart. I mean, look what he got in the offseason. De- great defensive coordinator from the Broncos, great coordinators. Um, they have their they have an identity. You know what I'm saying? A lot of teams, they still don't have an identity. Um, they have an identity with Bryce Young. That's their future. That's their person um, that they're going with. Their wide receiver room is crazy fast. Um, I've seen on YouTube where they all worked out. And, you know, quarterbacks that are, are young in the league, some of them don't really take that first step of leadership and try to get in tune with their wide receivers. Um, and they're doing that. Um, their defense is stout. I mean, they got they got some good defensive pieces. They could be a sneaky team, I think. But um, I say seven. He's going to make rookie mistakes. You know what I'm saying? He's going to probably force the ball in double coverage. We've seen it with rookie quarterbacks when they come out. Because the college game is different than the NFL game. It's a lot faster. Um, and he only get three preseason games, so uh, he's probably going to play, what, two of them maybe? So, um, And then the regular season starts. So I, I think seven, I think the thing for them, if they can be consistent, consistency is going to be their big boo. If they're consistent, they could be a sleeper team for sure. All right, Will? 
I got seven wins too, but I am curious. I think um, I, I, seven wins. I do want to see Bryce Young and my boy Terrence Marshall from from LSU. Oh, yeah. I want to see him just go off, go off. I'm big. I was a big fan of his at LSU, um, and I think Bryce Young is the quarterback that can get the football to him. Um, I would love to see him go off and do his thing. Um, they're solid defensively. Um, they're, they're gonna be a well coached team. Um, I just, I, but seven wins, I think, is right for them for the for the first year together. But that second year on, I like the way they're built. I like the way they, what they did. They're taking hits throughout the season to be better in the future. Unlike what my Saints did, you know, and and I sort of kind of get it because. You got to keep the fan interest up. You got to keep the fans in stands. I get it. Yeah. But at some point, when are you just going to break it down and say we are rebuilding at some point? Um, but I like the way the general direction the Panthers are going. And again, my boy Terrence Marshall, I think Bryce Young is the quarterback that can make him really shine. And I've been waiting to see him just pop off. And um, I think this year he might do it. But seven wins is good for them. I like that call. Oh. Oh, Will, because I think Bryce Young can make him make him pop off on called plays, mm-hmm. but I bet I think he also can make him pop off on the broken plays, the plays that that are not really plays that just happen on the fly. I think that's when he's really gonna shine. Yeah, oh, yeah. and they yeah. got LaVisca Chanel too, my boy from CU. So I mean, I, I gotta give they do some speedsters. Why Jacksonville gave up on that man like that? I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> oh, before Dez go, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say nine and eight. Second place in the division, nine and eight. I think Bryce Young gonna elevate, gonna elevate. He's got the he's got the uh work ethic, he's gonna elevate his teammates. Uh Terrence Marshall should that should be another step up after losing DJ Moore. I'm gonna tell you guys a, a quick sleeper, right quick. Jonathan Mingo, that rookie from uh that rookie out of out of Ole Miss, that dude is pretty good. That dude is pretty good. I like the defense. I like the defense. The defense is good. If they stay healthy, JC Horn, if he stays healthy, he could be a pretty good corner in this league. You have uh Brian Burns, one of the top. Nobody really mentions this guy. This guy's a 10 and a half sack guy. Brian Burns is really good. And I think this defense is pretty, pretty solid. This defense is pretty solid. Uh, I did think Steve Wilkes should have stayed the head coach of the uh, Carolina Panthers, but other than that, you know, I, I kind of like Carolina. I'm gonna I'm go nine and eight for Carolina. So they're uh, definitely heading in the right direction, and they're building yep. the way you should be building. You, 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 you know, people see, and and when people see you doing things the right way, I think they'll still continue to support you as long as you're doing things the correct way toward winning. Um, same with just forcing stuff. Um, they should have been in rebuild mode to be honest, but they're still trying to win. They still think the window was there. Um, but I like the way I like the way that Carolina is building that team for the future. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Des, before you uh, uh get up out of here, uh, let the people know where they can follow you. At. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, Desmond 20, 2015 234 on Instagram, uh, uh, and then uh, Snapchat as well. Um, I got to get a new Facebook because I guess Facebook took mine down. So I had to get a new Facebook, but um, I'll definitely put that in the uh, in the uh, 
Facebook page for us as well on Sports Empire Network. You can find me on here as well. So it's been well, man. It's been well. Welcome talking back, to you guys, bro. Welcome back, hey, bro. No doubt, no doubt, man. You know, they got CU football coming up. I'm, I'm covering that. They did picture day, so I'm going to drop some videos on that. Uh, the Broncos, they got a new helmet yesterday. I like it. So I saw it. Yeah. It, it's drippy, man. I'm like, man. So in the training camp starts Friday. Well, it starts, yeah, it starts Friday here. Um, I go to that one, so I'll definitely try to get some coverage. Because here in Colorado now, it's like 5,000 uh, people. And it's tickets. It's free tickets, but it's 5,000, so it's limited now. So you can't just pop up and go to training camp like everybody else. So, um, But it's been well, guys. It's been well. All right. Uh, so shout out to you, Des. Thank you for coming on. And we're getting ready for our next uh, next person uh, during the basketball segment. Uh, we got Maria coming in the building. Maria coming in the building for the basketball segment. How you doing, Maria? Up, I'm good. How are y'all? What's going on with you? Hey, y'all need to be careful. Nothing, y'all need to be. I just want to let y'all know. Y'all need to be careful. Freddie in the chat somewhere. I know he's lurking. <laughs> y'all be careful. He out there lurking somewhere. So you know when when basketball come up, I just like to warn people because you know what way he gonna go. Y'all know what way he gonna go. So y'all just be <laughs> careful. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't want to, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to uh, get to where early this morning on, on this one though, but it was another, it was another signing. Uh, you, you did got your boy uh, IO back. I didn't want you to touch up on that right quick before we get into the nitty gritty. Who, me? Yeah, Will. You got your boy IO back. <sighs> I didn't what? Come on, Will. <laughs> That's that's big. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good it's a good signing. It does give you a little bit of stability um within the team. So it's a good signing, but it's not anything that make you go wow. <laughs> it's solid though. It's solid. I give it to him, but it ain't nothing that make it go wow. <laughs> ain't nothing gonna get you. Ain't, but look. But to me, to me, I'm still salty from last year because if we would have beat Miami, we could have been right there. But that's just me. But um, good signing, yeah. Okay, we go with it. <laughs> See, they go first. I had to do it. Right I, right I told y'all he was here. I told y'all they go right there. Uh, I think uh, they said uh, G said you need to turn your mic down. I think you need to turn your mic down a little bit, just a little bit. So we get to the nitty gritty. Uh. We go Jalen Brown. We we talk about Jalen Brown. He just got his money yesterday. Jalen Brown got his money yesterday. Uh, so uh, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown gets uh, the bag. What does this means for the Boston Celtics moving forward? Uh, Mo, Mo, uh, Mo, go ahead. Tell us about it. I think Boston did what they had to do. You you don't give away two way wings. Oh, he said up up. Uh, Will he said up then? Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, Mo. You don't give away two-way wings. You don't. Not two-way wings that get better um, or more productive each year they're in the league. I know we talk about Jalen Brown's struggles when he over-dribbles and turns the ball over, but that's the negative. The positive is he's still an elite defender. He's still a guy that can get you 26 points a night on offense. And he and Jason Tatum, for what it's worth, they are a great tandem. I think they had to pay him because they want to run it back with the addition of Przingis and see what happens. If things don't work out, if the Celtics come up short, with him under contract, they still have the ability, even with the trade kicker, to trade him because he still ha- he's still going to have high value. It's a good move for the team and for him. 
I know the number is insane because I think a lot of people are thinking you hear you hear the player Jalen Brown, and then you hear three hundred million dollars, and you're like, is Jalen Brown like a top five player? And you and you have to like separate yourself from that. The reality is because of the way they did they did the salary, he's gonna make that. The that that's what the market is. Guess what? True, Next true, year, true. Jason Tatum is gonna be up. And he's going to make well over $300 million himself. The real problem is going to pay, c- come next season when they pay Tatum because now you're going to have over $600 million invested in two players. And I don't know how your roster construction is going to look going forward. But I think this is all about running it back all this right. year and seeing what happens. All right, Mario? It's basically what Mo said. Um, I think you they had to keep Tatum. I mean, Brown obvious reasons um they're close to winning the finals and like you want to make your players happy uh so i think them signing brown was was the right move i don't think he was overpaid i think he is worth that much money um obviously looking at it Jalen brown isn't a top five player in the league but you know he's very he's a detrimental piece for that boston celtics team so for them to win and things like that so yeah i think the i'm, I'm fine with the contract i didn't see an issue with it the only issue you see is uh, just the money. That's the only issue is just the money part of things. But other than that, don't mind Boston doing that, doing that. Do what your best to keep those two guys together. They right there. They right there. The championship category. They just gotta break. They just gotta break through it. They just gotta break through it. They they right on. They right on point. But we'll go ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But isn't that first year like thirty one million? In that first year, like 31 minutes, then it starts getting to like 55, 59, 56, things of that nature as it goes along in the contract. Yeah, it gets it gets crazy near the end. You're right. I, I, I don't know, man. I just think that I agree with Mo. They want to run it back to see what they can do with Przingis. I just think, and I get the feeling, if they don't get it done this year, if they don't even get – and I'm not even saying winning the finals. If they don't get to the finals – with this squad, I just think I, I just think you look to trade him. I just think you, you look to trade him if you don't get to the finals this year. Um, that's a lot of salary on the books just to just to not make it to the finals. So I think that's the end goal. Finals are bust, whether they win it or not. Finals are bust. If you don't make it to the if you don't make it to the finals, I I think they look to trade him. To be fair though, if you look around. I'm talking about in the Eastern Conference. Look around mm-hmm. them. Philly's in kind of disarray. That that's would true. be that that's somebody that they directly have to compete against. Miami's got this question mark. We know what they did last season, but so much was dependent on they thought they were going to be able to get Damian Lillard. And they might still be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But what if they don't get him and you still lost Struce and you still lost Gabe Vincent and some other guys? You, are, is Miami going to be in contention? Because to me, they're going to be kind of in disarray as well. Right. I look at the top of the Eastern Conference. I'm not judging off of last season. I'm just projecting ahead. Right now, today, Boston's main competition is a healthy Milwaukee. Yep. And yeah, even, though, even, even though, even if, if Daniel Lillard doesn't find a way to get to Miami, I'm still trusting Miami over Philadelphia. I'm still doing that. I'm still, I'm still, yeah, I'm still, that's what I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, that. I'm still what giving that. that ain't, that ain't nothing. But I think, uh, if you want, so, um, 
if you want to if you want to say Milwaukee in Boston, then you got you got a right you got a right to say that. But I do think uh, I do think uh, for us between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. We, I think Jason Tatum, he's the better player. He's the better talented Agreed. player. Yeah. But yeah. what I do think, I do yeah. do think Jalen Brown has more of that ick factor in that one. He had when I'm saying he's he has more dog. I think he right. has right. more of the dog inside of him than Jason Tatum. I do think Tatum is the best is the best player of those two. I think he's the better player, but I do think Jalen Brown has more of the want to in the dog inside of him. The dog inside of him than Jason Tatum. So a lot of like Go most ahead. said, I need like most said, I'm gonna need to cut down on them turnovers, man. Yeah, they them don't they don't got an actual point guard. They don't really got an actual point guard that they no. can rely on outside no. of Malcolm Brown, and he don't stay healthy. Malcolm no. Brown is not healthy all the time, so no. they, that's too much a lot of pressure for them the guys to handle the basketball the way they do. And oh, yeah. that factor is into a lot of turnovers for those guys because they gotta handle it so much. They do gotta handle it so much, and that's why I think losing Marcus Smart kind of will come into it, come into play. A little bit. He is a ball handler. He's not a point guard, but he knows how to handle that offense. He knows how to handle that offense, and I think that's what come in will probably come into play on that part right there. But Boston got the guy back. We'll see what happens with Jason Tatum. Is Jason Tatum next? We'll we'll see what they would do at the at the next coming year, the next coming year. So we got Demarcus Cousins. Uh, I'm gonna start with you, Will, down here. Uh, where uh would Demarcus Cousins rank among modern centers? Where does he rank among modern centers? Are we talking about the cousins now or the cousins in his prime? I'm going to assume prime. I'm going to assume that. I'm going to assume prime, not today. I don't think he's better than I don't think he's a good I don't think he's better today. I'm I'm just going to assume prime. What is what in your word he rank? Where would he be? Um in his prime, he's top 10. In his prime, People, people, people forget what he was doing when he was in his in his in his prime stages. He was scoring the basketball. He was he was rebounding, passing the basketball as well as any center. Um, he was he he was a he was a force. Um, and I think he would be a top ten center if he was if he was playing now um, in his prime condition. Mari, I think he would be top five. Um... Like because after what the really the top two, I think it ain't really that many bigs that's that's like that in the league besides Embiid and Joker. So I, I think he could definitely crack that top five spot. He could. Mo. So because AD's kind of like a part-time center. I would have Demarcus Cousin no worse than third. I think he'd be right behind Joker and Embiid. We're talk- if you're just talking about centers, he in in his prime, he'd be right there with them. Look, skill wise, you could argue he's as good as they are skill wise. But I'm just talking about in terms of the overall package. I think he would be no worse than the third best center in basketball right now today. Can post you, great passer, can shoot from range, solid rebounder. Uh, my only problem with Cousins was he was never really a great leader per se, but my but in terms of being productive and putting up numbers, he put up as big a numbers as anybody right now in the NBA. My only issue with Cousins is his ability to stay healthy. That would be my only issue with Cousins. Okay, that's understandable. That would be my only issue with Cousins is him being able to stay healthy. Um, but top five, top ten, yeah, easy because he was elite when healthy. Mm-hmm. He was elite. Yeah. No doubt. 
Just take some him over, man. Look, take him over. Take him over your boy Grubert any Grubert any day. Right, any day. Any so, day. What, what, I'm, ta- I'm taking a lot of people <laughs> over that guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what you? What, hey, what y'all call that? One of them. One of them players that will always that's stuck on a bad team. That was actually yep. Yep. bad basketball team in yep. Sacramento. You look at Kevin Garnett's career until he got up out of that one championship. What has Minnesota done outside of going to the Western Conference Finals one time? But after that, mm-hmm. uh, stuck with Minnesota, putting all them numbers. It would never get recognized when you're on the bad team. It would never get rec- It would really never get recognized. That's why uh, he wasn't. He, he was not. Wasn't Kevin Kevin Garnett was an All Star many years. Was an All Star many years in Minnesota, but nobody actually talked about Minnesota when they were bad. You remember Paul Gasol in Memphis? Yep, great player. Yep. But didn't get recognized because he played with me. He wasn't winning games, and when he was making the playoffs, he was getting put out the first round because Memphis wasn't even good, wasn't even good enough until he got over there with Kobe and he helped out. You know, the Los Angeles Lakers win the title. That's when he started becoming a little bit more noticeable, a little bit more. So, Demarcus Cousins at center position, man, golly, you can argue top five, top three. The dude floor spacing, um, post up game was very good. Now the problem is attitude, locker room, lock locker room, and the only one that could able to keep him in check that can res- that uh, he had respect for was Coach Mike Malone. Yep. Mike Malone didn't play no games with Demarcus Cousins. Marcus Cousins already uh, uh, already came out came out on it and said he was the only one. He was the only coach I kind of actually respected uh, because he, he's going to tell you how he actually feels. He's yep. gonna just like he always comes out on team. On Denver, when they're not playing well, he'll tell her he'll just he's not gonna hesitate. He's just gonna tell her how it is. And that's why Demarcus Cousins respected Coach Mike Malone so much because he told it how it is. he told him how it was and you know he didn't play. So Demarcus Cousins, a lot of people gotta appreciate this man for what he did in Sacramento and how good he was and how good he was when he went to the Pelicans before he threw that Achilles. He was really good. Before he threw that, before he threw his Achilles, he was actually Really good. He played a couple of a good season with the Warriors in the finals. Mm-hmm. He was part of that. He was a part of that. So Marcus Cousins was really good when he was uh he was a superstar. He was a superstar in the league when he played when he played at his older day, when he played at his younger day. So oh yeah. Yeah. We pretty much got the last topic of the day right here of the morning. Uh so recent NBA, recent NBA article. Uh, listed Stephen Adams, Stephen Adams, Kyle Anderson, Joe Harris, Kavon Looney. Uh, you have Alice Caruso. Uh, so who uh, is the under most underrated players in the NBA? As the most underrated five in, five players in the NBA, who would y'all put up there as an underrated five in the NBA? Who who else would y'all put up there as underrated? Go ahead, Mo. Go ahead. He's on mute, I think. Yeah. You still muted, Mo. I like that group right there. Um, I like, uh, to me, the most underappreciated player is Looney. He does all the dirty work for Golden State, not just as a defender, but a rebounder. Like last season, in the postseason, he outplayed an all-NBA center. He he outplayed Sabonis. Yep. Uh, He was the key. I know Steph made all the baskets. But all the second possessions they got, remember, there were games, Coach, when Looney was getting double-digit rebounds and eight or nine assists. Like, he was he was that essential to them winning that series. 
And he's been a big part of them winning championships as a role player. So to me, the most underappreciated player in that group is Kevin Looney. If you want to add another underrated player uh, that, that, that maybe people don't appreciate on other teams, I would, I would have said a guy like, um, I would have said a guy like Aaron Gordon. I know we talk about Joker. I know we talk about Jamal Murray. But Aaron Gordon has turned himself into one of the top defenders in all the NBA, and he can still drop 16 points and get you seven or eight rebounds. I think yeah. Aaron, Go- Aaron Gordon is one of the most underappreciated players in the NBA. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mario, who you got? I can't think of no players right now that I feel like are underrated. So – I guess I say Stephen Adams. Agree with the list. Adams, one of the best rebounders in the league. I was obviously detrimental. Was a key piece in us, uh, you know, getting kicked out like we did against the Lakers. So I guess I would say Adams right now. Will I like my man Nick Claxton for the Brooklyn Nets. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's doing his thing. One. Eleven points a game, getting <laughs> rebounds, block shots. I like what he's doing. Um, and I gotta go. He's not the reason why you win a game, but he he but he produces a winning attitude, and that's Alice Caruso. Um, he, he's not going to be the reason why you win a game, but he's going to be there to product to productivity that will help you win. Um, so I like Alice Caruso a lot as an underrated player, like because uh, again he does all the dirty work, the small stuff. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mind playing defense. At least one of the few Bulls who played. Um, with some type of a defensive effort, because Lord knows you ain't gonna get that thing from anybody else. Um, so I like Caruso and I like Claxton. Yeah, I got uh, I got a couple of them. I'm gonna go with my guy from across the street, y'all. If y'all don't know that this man was across the street for me, man, I gotta go with my guy Desmond Bain, man. My Ooh, guy, I like that one. I mean, I, that's my guy right there, man. You talking about? I have a guy that can average 20 points per game, one of the best pure shooters in the league. No, he struggled uh in the Lakers series, but it had it had it does happen. Uh it does happen. You ain't gonna be hot every game, but he's also improved his ball handling, putting the ball on the floor. He's strong. Uh he's starting to be a little aggressive going inside in the paint a little bit more. But that's my guy. Desmond Bain is my guy. He's my I'm telling y'all, he's my guy from across the street, man. Over there. He's my guy. It's my uh guy over there, man. And how many times I gotta say about this dude, CJ McCullum? CJ McCullum, uh, for him to be that good, ain't making an all-star team, but that just shows you how you know how deep the West Seals and guard play, actually. Really, CJ McCullum is one of the quietest guys in the league that can drop 20, drop you 22 a night. Uh, he's a big help to that Portland Trailblazers team. I mean, not the Trailblazers, but the uh Pelicans. He was a big help to Portland and yes. helping Damian Lillard, uh helping Damian Lillard giving him a second option. Too bad they have to break it up. Cause it wasn't working, but if the Pelicans can stay healthy. CJ McCullum was going to be one of the reasons why the Pelicans pop mate was going to take off. It's going to take off. And another one I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly for the uh, New York Knicks. Emmanuel quickly, uh, almost was six man of the year. I think that really hurt the Knicks, him being out, him kind of being out in that playoff series versus the Miami Heat kind of hurt him a little bit. Uh, guy that can get to the paint, uh, shoot the shoot the three ball really really good. I like the I like him I like Emmanuel quickly. So those are the three those are the three I had I had in mind. But yeah, man, Desmond Bain is my guy. That's my that's my dude. That's my guy right there. Every uh, time I see Desmond Bain, coach, 
I look at him and go, he could be like an NFL safety. <laughs> yeah, he shot. No, no, right. He look. He looks like. Yeah, he looks like my know, <laughs> Can I ask you a question real quick? Go ahead. Um, <laughs> he's five years in, yeah. and a lot of times, is it room for imp- improvement? Maybe, but when you're five years in, you pretty much what you are as a player. So let me ask y'all this. Is Zion a, would you consider Zion a bus? No. No. Not yet. No, he's not a bus. I would I would I would use words like disappointment, but he can't control health, right? No. Um he, he could be in better condition, but he's definitely not a bus because every time he's played, the guy looks dominant. Yeah, he's a yeah, like every time he plays, he plays like an he plays like an elite <laughs> elite center. Right, right. It's just healthy, it's just health issues. It, now, Greg Oden, if you want to say Greg Oden is a bust, you can definitely say that. I'm up in that race, someone that really ain't made too much of an M- impact. But, you know, every time Zion was on the court, he made at least an impact. And, you know, it, it just shows you how good Zion and how much he meant to, uh, you know, the Pelicans because they were in first place before he got in, when he got injured. And now they felt completely felt completely apart when he got hurt, when, when he got hurt, didn't come back. So, yeah, he, he's still great, but he just got to be healthy. And he got, I believe he got to uh, lose, he got to lose some pounds, man. You got to stop eating that gumbo out there. You got to, you got to get some pounds. You got to lose. Man, some faith. He yep. needs to stop eating all that. <laughs> yeah. Come he on, loses, man. Um, it, it would minimize his injury. 280, he's 280. That's an NFL lineman. That's an almost That's NFL, big, NFL lineman. That's too big. Yep. If they so, get him for 60 games, Pelican's going to be one of the higher seeds in the West. Yep. You saw yep. you saw what he did in that um in that season when he played 61 and averaged 27. Yep. Gotcha. All right, so we at the last segment. We got we already know the last segment. Mo's boxer segment. Mo's tell us about the great Larry Holmes. So the, coach, you know what I'm talking about when we talk about great jabs, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. We know, we know when we say great jabs, <laughs> we start off with Muhammad Ali when we talk about great jabs. But maybe in terms of heavyweight fighters, the second greatest jab in the history of heavyweight boxing, I'm going to give that to Larry Holmes, the Eastern assassin. Larry Holmes could control every fight with his left jab. It wasn't just sharp. It wasn't just quick. It punished people. The great thing about Larry Holmes is two things. He could outbox you if you were bigger and stronger. He could outwork you if you were slower and couldn't maintain or stick up with his movement. Larry Holmes won his first 48 fights. And coach, you and coach, you can appreciate this. He came up the old school way. So he's fighting bombers like Ernie Shavers. Yeah. Kim Witherspoon. James Quick Tillis. He took the WBC championship, his first championship, from a from a great, a hard hitting, hard punching Ken Norton. You remember I heard that name in a minute, man. Yeah, he broke Ali jaw. Muhammad yeah. Ali jaw. He broke his jaw. Yep. Ken, Norton, oh. Ken Norton was a, was a puncher. They he was. was coming up old school. Remember, this is back when they fought 15-round fights, Will. Yep. So mm-hmm. they, they had wars. Now, his biggest fights of note, the ones that stand out, is when he fought Jerry Cooney. And you remember this. Jerry Cooney was about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, Irishman, they were calling Jerry Cooney the great white height. Uh, Jerry Cooney's cornermen were walking around with t-shirts on that said, not the white guy, but the right guy. That that was their thing. And they broke protocol 
leading up to that fight. Larry Holmes was the champion. He was the better fighter, the more well-known fighter. Mm -hmm. Jerry Cooney got equal money for that fight, and that had never happened before. It was weird for that time, too. Yeah, he got equal money. And the night of the fight, when you're the champion, you're always coming out second. He came out first, didn't he, that he night? Came, no, Larry Holmes came out first. The right, champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, and they, I mean, they did a lot of things to break protocol. I think that angered Larry Holmes. And if you saw that fight, that was nothing but pure legal torture. <laughs> he, 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 he peppered that man for 14 rounds. That, that man's face was beat red by the time he was done with him. And the whole time he was doing it, Larry Holmes was talking to him. He was talking to him. He dominated him. The fight was stopped in the 13th round. Larry Holmes dominated the heavyweight division, you guys. He dominated the division for seven years. When he won the WBC title from Ken Norton, then he won the lineal championship from Tim Weatherspoon, terrible Tim Weatherspoon. He dominated that division, was undefeated, had total control of the heavyweight division for seven years. He's one win away from tying Rocky Marciano's record of 49-0. and 0. He takes a fight against Michael Spinks. Larry Holmes enters the ring. He's a good 15 pounds overweight. That's how comfortable he felt fighting against Michael Spinks. He didn't think Michael Spinks had hurt him, could do anything to him. He was right. Michael Spinks could not hurt him. But Michael Spinks beat that man. He beat that man down. Larry Holmes' face was peppered that whole night. <laughs> Michael Spinks put on a boxing show. My, Michael Spinks came in that fight. He didn't even weigh 200 pounds, about 190. He outquick Larry Holmes. He outpointed him. And he won a unanimous decision. Larry Holmes was so upset that he lost that fight in the post-fight interview. A guy brought up, "I guess you're not going to tie Rocky Marciano's record." And Larry Holmes said, "Whether I tie it or not, Rocky Marciano can't hold my job." Dang. That that statement right there, Coach. You could you notice know that statement yep. right there? That basically sealed Larry Holmes' fate in the rematch. In the rematch. Yep. They they rematch. Larry Holmes and Michael Spinks. Larry Holmes beat Michael Spinks from round one to round 15, and they gave Michael Spinks a split decision. That's crazy. It is one of the worst highway <laughs> robberies in boxing history. The only time I saw Larry Holmes really challenged at the peak of his powers was when he faced Carl the Truth Williams. I don't know if you remember Carl the Truth Williams. I, I know, though. I think Tyson, I I think Tyson, Tyson knocked him out, right? Yeah, later on in his career. But early in his career, Carl the Truth Williams was basically a young Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes won a controversial split decision to hold the, hold on to the belt. But if you see that fight, Carl the Truth Williams dominated Larry Holmes. He dominated him. Yep. His fight against Ernie Shavers is considered to this day still one of the 10 greatest heavyweight fights of all time. Uh. If you've never seen Holmes versus Shavers, I advise you to go watch it because both of those guys hit the ground multiple times because all they did was drop bombs. Larry Holmes is one of the greatest fighters of all time, but I've never really been one of those guys that bought into him because he beat the guy that we would all call the greatest. And he yeah. beat him when, when Muhammad Ali was well past his prime. Yep. Muhammad Ali should have not taken that fight. He was 38 years old, well past his prime. His body had taken a lot of punishment. Muhammad Ali was taking, he was taking thinners to lose weight he ended up losing close to 30 pounds, came into the ring at 215. He wasn't that small. 
He hadn't been that small since the fight, the time he fought George Foreman. He admitted later on by losing the weight so fast, it drained him. It drained him. He just he just couldn't. He didn't come in. He came in looking good, but he wasn't feeling good. And yeah. if you saw the fight, it was sad because in the later rounds, Larry Holmes would punch Muhammad Ali, and he would turn to the ref and say, "Why don't you stop this?" Yeah. And, and eventually, the referee ended up stopping it. So I I think Larry Holmes is one of those fighters, coach. As great as he was. He always felt like he was in Muhammad Ali's shadow. Yeah. He felt like he was in Muhammad Ali's shadow. But he did fight a lot of great fighters, a lot of well-known fighters. And that that's an achievement to dominate the heavyweight division and control all the sanctioning belts for seven years with that jab, with that head movement. That's why Larry Holmes is one of the all-time greats. Got you, got you. Great breakdown, Mo. Great breakdown, Mo. Uh, like, like I say, uh, you know, Ali, Jab was the best. Uh, you had also, you had Larry Holmes, you had Lennox Lewis, Jab, one of the greatest Jabbers of all time as well. That dude was probably the last undisputed champion in the heavyweight division in the 2000s era coming up. Lennox Lewis definitely was one of the best top heavyweights in the, in the, in, um, in boxing, but Larry Holmes, you know, Tell of his career, you know, like me and Mo said all the time. Hey, hey, you guys, you sometimes boxers don't know when to stop. They go exactly. too late in their career. They don't, they just don't know where to stop. He ended up getting punished by Mike Tyson. Uh, he did outpoint Ray Mercer. He did outpoint him. A younger, up and coming Ray Mercer, he did outpoint him. But then again, uh, he I believe he got knocked out brutally by Mike Tyson. And I think uh, as another fight that he did lose, I don't know if it's to Holyfield. I thought it, he it, lost to Holyfield too. Okay, okay, he lost to Holyfield in a unanimous decision on that one. So hell of a breakdown. Hey, hey, what? what? His last fight. His last fight. I don't know if anybody remembers this. His last fight was against Butterbean. Remember Butterbean? Yeah, Butterbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Butterbean weighed about three seventy-five. Larry Holmes came into the ring that night and he weighed over three hundred pounds himself. That fight could have been butter bean versus jelly bean. That's what it looked hey, like. Hey man, that's crazy. I appreciate Larry Holmes was 52 years old. And like like we always say about fighters, more times than not, they don't know when to stop. Yep. Hey, real quick, I just want to say I appreciate that Ken Norton reference because um I hadn't heard that name in so long. It ain't <laughs> and it's like Ken was good, man. Ken was really good. So appreciate that. Yeah, he broke Muhammad Ali jaw and beat him. Mm -hmm. They had a rematch and Muhammad Ali returned the favor. So other than that, oh, yeah. great breakdown, man. Always on most boxing, most boxing segment, man. Always got a great boxer to come up, man. There's always a lot of boxes that's gonna be unappreciated, uh, underappreciated as well. So Mo do, do a great job of uh breaking down these boxes. We'll see what he got for us tomorrow. But other than that, man, uh Mo, tell the people they can get you follow you at. Right here in the Empire with you, coach. Monday through Fridays, we're doing coffee and sports in the morning. And then I advise you guys to check out the other shows on the Empire Network. We got everything covered. Don't you guys got a basketball show coming up Friday or Saturday? I think it's Friday. It's, it's Friday. It's Friday night. I, I, I'm going to check that out just for not not just for you and Mario, but I'm going to check it out because your boy be saying some crazy stuff. Oh, man. my yeah, goodness. Yeah, the other guy be saying oh, some yeah, crazy stuff. That was out of line, man. You, 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 you that two guys did that guy straight because he's kind of yeah, like, I was out of line for what he did, for what he did. Talking about LeBron James, mentioned LeBron James and, and Hamanat and Hamanat Leo or something did, like that. He did. That's great. That, that's he just did great. What? He did what? <laughs> he LeBron said, James and Hamanat Leo in the same sentence. That's what he said. That's what he. That's what he basically oh my said. God, that travesty. 
Oh my Lebron God. is great. I no, want to put it out there. We don't deny no, how great he is. Right. But sometimes you can go a little too far. That's, that's a little too far. You need to go a little too far on that one. And it was like, what you call, uh, forgot who was that. I forgot who was that. I believe, I don't know if it was Cool McCain in the chat said, I don't know, that was Doug say, wow, what? Doug was even shot, but it that came up. Good Lord. Doug was even shot. Doug was even shot. Me and Mario just up there laughing. I was I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. You does all of your shame of what you said. He got a little bit. He got a little bit of Freddie in him. Yeah, he do. He do. Hey, Freddie, you might got you a twin, man. That that boy. Freddie packs, boy. He might be right up there with you. Yeah, that was crazy. That was that was disrespectful to Muhammad. Yeah, my boy in the chat, Brandon, laughing out. Yeah, that was that was that was something crazy. That was something crazy. He mentioned. Joel Embiid in the same uh, stratosphere as Anthony Davis. Yeah, that that's yeah. I, I couldn't. How? I couldn't, do it. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. That I can't was. Do that, man. The I man. The man got. The man got wheeled out in a wheelchair. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, Mario, uh, tell the people they can follow yet. Oh, TikTok, uh, and Twitter, and my YouTube is Mario knows best. Uh, yeah, that's really it. Yep. Will? All right. I'm in several places. Uh, I, I, this is like my second job. <laughs> Monday nights, you can catch me on the Sports Report. Um, got a Facebook, YouTube, and a Twitch page for that. Um, same page on Tuesdays, uh, Sports Report Fight Night. We talk professional wrestling. Um, and both shows are at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, Wednesday morning, I'm right here with you guys. Sports Empire Network, Coffee and Sports in the morning. Thursday, I'm on Player versus Team. Over from the sidelines group over there on YouTube. And then Saturday night, I'm doing my own thing to get Gauntlet Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. We talk about anime, uh, gaming, uh, comics. Check that out. Really gonna get into comics now because I got a Superman rant I gotta do. How the hell this fool get a Susano? So I'm gonna be talking about that in a whole lot more. We're gonna get on that. We're gonna get on that. They're giving this man too much. Too much. Well, yeah, y'all know, y'all don't, y'all know it ain't no introduction for me. I'm gonna be keeping up on training camp, not just on my Houston Texans today, but on all teams in the league. And don't forget, man, it's fight week this week. You know, man. This oh, I'm in a big fight. I'm coming to. Do y'all just yeah. sign CJ uh, Stroud? Yeah, we signed CJ okay. Stroud and our uh, offensive lineman. So, okay. offensive line guy, uh, Titus Howard. So, okay. Yeah, it's fight week this week, man. We got the biggest fight in the heavyweight and the welterweight division, man. So I'm be covering that fight on Saturday. So y'all come get your popcorn. Come on out and chill because that's going to be a hell of a fight. Oh, y'all be there. Yeah, appreciate it, Mo. Earl Despence, Truth Jr., and Terrence Crawford, an undisputed welterweight title fight. Somebody, I don't believe nobody's going to get knocked out in that fight. I believe it will go the distance. But, hey, it's going to be some fireworks in that fight. And whoever win that fight could call themselves the best boxer in the world. Uh, and you got Errol Spence potentially, if he wins this fight, potentially moving up to 154 to 160, 60 pounds because he's that he's that big. He's bigger than Terrence Crawford. That dude is big, way bigger than Terrence Crawford. But other than that, uh, shout out to everybody, the whole Empire Sports Network team, my panel right here. Uh, as for Coach Dante, as for Mo, as for Mario. And as for Will, we'll see you guys later. We'll see you guys later, later on. Peace, Peace out, you guys. Peace out, everybody. Watch out for Freddie. <laughs> <laughs>